0: (laughs) Look at my life and look at yours Get some ambition Why you bored, bored, bored
1: Welcome to episode fourteen of the setting the edge podcast. I'm Justice Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at J U M O S Q.
2: I'm here with my co-host Charles McDonald. His Twitter handle is at verts Say what's up to the people, Charles. What's up to the people? It feels good being called by my, my own Twitter handle this week instead of some fake alternative news that you put together.
1: Yeah, you you put me on the spot, so I didn't really have <laughs> I've had a busy weekend. I've had a busy weekend. Yeah. I think you have too. <laughs> yeah. Based on based on the
2: Photos that you sent me. Yeah, we, we um, didn't have a busy weekend.
1: <laughs> I've been on the road for like four days. I'm actually, I crashed at my mom's house last night. I'm staying here. So I'm recording in her bedroom. Um, she's in the other room. So she's going to hear me cuss all this stuff. So nice. Can't wait. Yeah.
2: Um, you know who else had a busy weekend? Matt Elam.
1: Uh, Matt Elam, who got <laughs> caught with the QP. And that's all people were focused on is the QP. Not knowing how much Oxycontin he was. Uh, was it, Oxycontin? Or what, what was Oxycodone. it? Oxycodone. It was oxycodone, yeah. Got caught with all that oxy, and people were focused on the fact that he got caught with a QP.
2: Yeah, it's because, you know, I think it's just because when you see, you know, three grams of oxycodone, you say, oh, three, it's not that much. But think about, you know, when you have, when you get, like, your wisdom teeth taken out, something like that, the average dose they give you is, like, 10 or 15 milligrams. So he had three grams of oxycodone. Drug,
1: for- drug density matters more than... Drug volume. I mean, go, you could go ask the dude on Twitter who was like was like, "Yo, I ate three edibles. I don't know what this isn't. This isn't doing anything," and he hasn't tweeted in like four days. Yeah, like you go ask that guy how he feels. It's like density of things. Not that I would ever know about that. Right. Not uh, that
2: we would ever know anything about any of this stuff.
1: But it, never, like, totally, totally support uh, Trump coming into our our uh, our states and going against states' rights and punishing people for uh, using legal marijuana because of federal laws. Totally Yeah. That, yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Precisely. You know, and as a minority owned uh, minority-owned podcast, we we highly support whatever Donald Trump wants to do because he's looking out for us. Uh, but, you know, when you look at we talk about three grams of oxycodone, that's like a couple hundred pills. So I, I just want to know what happened with this dude's money where he feels like he needs to go be the plug somewhere in the offseason, you know? Dude, I, I mean, we talked about this before,
1: but Latroy Guyon got hit with like three times that much, or like of weed at, at least, right? I don't think he had, I don't think he had any pills on him, but like, yeah, three times that much weed coming down with guns and money and like, every. I mean, at least Matt Elam, they only caught him with drugs, right?
2: Yeah, but I think his uh, whoever was riding with him had a gun, but yeah, he just got caught with the drugs, only the drugs. Like, <laughs> it's not that bad.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Someone, someone. He's from the SEC. That's just what happens. Like, someone just has a gun by accident. I think we learned that with the Alabama players this year.
2: Yeah, and he's a Florida boy, like, oh, yeah. so. Yeah.
1: He was there That's when was happened. there, wasn't he? Uh, I think they probably overlapped early on in his career. I mean, yeah. he was only a three-year dude, so. Yeah. It's just...
2: Yeah, So it doesn't look like uh, he's going to be gone. Oh, yeah. He's well, he, gone. He's, they didn't The Ravens didn't pick up his fifth-year option anyway, so. Right. I mean, he barely, he barely played last year, and now he has this charge. So, I mean, his career might be over.
1: People talking about how strong the safety class is. Like people didn't say the same thing going into 2013. Yep. And it's like, hmm. When's the last time taking a safety that high worked out? I was talking with uh, Justin Higdon about this, about linebackers, right? And I'm, I'm just saying, I was just saying, okay, when was the last time a top 10 linebacker got selected and it was worth it? And it's like Luke Kuechly, right? Because that's an arm's reach. But going past Luke Kuechly, like the last guys, like LeVar Arrington or like Brian Erlacher. Think about that. That's 2000. So when people are talking about, uh, Ruben Foster with his after having a what was it uh rotator cuff surgery yeah. right, and he's gonna go number two to the San Francisco Forty ers now, and it's like okay yeah all right that's, that's good luck.
2: Laughable. I don't I mean I like Ruben a lot but he's really good he's really really not good a, he's but a linebacker he's a linebacker exactly so I, I I think he's probably gonna come off the board in like the you know, top twenty but dude. It,
1: Luke in Luke Keekley's cla- class is he getting draft- drafted in the first two picks in a redraft?
2: Um, I'll take so. What year was that again?
1: That was 2012. 2012. So, so 20... that's Andrew Buck and Russell Wilson.
2: Yeah, so I mean you're gonna take them ahead of Luke Keekley any day. Like, I just
1: can't I just cannot imagine how a linebacker could go top 10 in a redraft other than like if you're Luke Keekley and then it's like borderline top 10, not top two. So I don't understand how you're getting any value from that.
2: Yeah, I mean if, if you just look at the guys who were taken uh two thousand twelve, so you know, you, you have Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, and then Fletcher Cox, I would take over uh Luke Keegley. Chandler Jones, you could talk me into Luke Keegley, because you know, I I think we that comes down to like positional value and a linebacker is not really moving the needle as much as, you know, a quarterback or a defensive lineman or something like that.
1: Yeah, totally agree. And even like inside linebackers aren't getting that type of money, man. No, no. Like they're just not getting that type of money at all. So it's like you got to remember that you're paying this dude. Not only are you taking him second overall, but you're paying him Carson Wentz's contract.
2: Yeah, it it just it doesn't really make sense. So when I see Ruben Foster mocked in the top five, top ten, I just I just would be stunned if that ended up happening on draft night. I mean, unless especially like the, with that rotator
1: cuff injury, like that—that that doesn't even make sense. So, if Ruben Foster was drafted and given Carson Wentz's contract, he automatically would be a top eight paid off the ball linebacker in the yeah, NFL the moment he steps on the field.
2: Yeah, and I mean, maybe I mean I I do think he could be that good from the jump, but it's really hard. But are you if,
1: given a second second overall pick to pay him that contract? Because yeah. that's that's really the transaction here that's why i think when people are like the, my whole like pass rushers are quarterbacks thing right i'm like just take those guys high in the draft man because you're saving like 10 million dollars off of these contracts yeah like getting 10 million dollars plus of value like these guys are basically if you if you if you draft a pass rusher in the first round and you hit on him you basically get the cliff averill michael bennett contracts and that that's why seattle won the super bowl like, that's why Seattle has been able to go on runs like they
2: have. It's because they landed
1: those two amazing contracts early
2: on. Yeah, and even when you just think about who's in the top ten, Cleveland, San Francisco, Chicago, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Jets, Chargers, Panthers, Bengals, Buffalo Bills. I mean, the only team I could see spending a pick on Reuben Foster in that top ten would be the Bengals. And even then, I, I, don't, I don't really think that's uh, – I don't really think that's where Marvin Lewis would go with that pick, because he seems to he seems to like his slow ass linebackers that he has now for some.
1: Yeah, he seems super cool. They seem super cool with that front seven for yeah, whatever reason. For,
2: for whatever reason. So I, I don't think he's going to go number nine to the Bengals. And yeah, like <clears throat> excuse me, like we said, rotator cuff linebacker. He's not going number two. It's okay. Alabama prospects are like always super healthy, right? Yeah, always. They, they never have any injury issues. <laughs> all right what else we got we got like jay cutler jay cutler rumors
1: happen everyone thinks he's gonna go to the jets
2: uh see i i, I kind of think that san francisco makes some sense for uh jay cutler
1: with shanahan you think those two are gonna get along
2: no i mean well i don't know if shanahan's really gonna get along with anybody but it, it, i i think like stylistically it could work because you know jay cutler played in that system in denver and it would be Pretty seamless for him. I mean, you got you still gotta put an offense around around him outside of Carlos Hyde, but yeah, uh, I, I do like I do like the thought of having Jay Cutler and a rookie compete for that job in 2017.
1: I can't remember who said it, but someone was like, there was some like wrote world blurb or something like that, and they were like, San Francisco might be a sneaky team next year because they're already so talented. And I was like, dude, oh. what are you watching? Like, I don't understand a thing like quentin Patton is like playing legitimate snaps for your team with that like i don't think quentin Patton ever scored a touchdown last year because i think i was very hype on quentin Patton scoring a touchdown because he was very extra in the preseason and he wears a gold grill as a mouthpiece and i was very into like all right like this is the year like chip kelly's just gonna feed quentin Patton, and i don't think he scored a single time like that team is just not good they're not good at anything
2: no i think they might have a worse 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 roster than the browns right now those
1: are the two teams who, uh, according to Vegas odds, are battling for the number one pick and in, in, uh, going into the next season. And I don't think we should be surprised about that at all.
2: No. I mean, the, the, the 49ers... Unless the Rams start Jared Goff for 16 games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they'll be up there too, for sure. Uh, but I think, you know... I I I could I, I could like convince myself if I'm San Francisco to not take a quarterback at 2 and just kind of take someone on defense because their defense gave them 406 like 425 yards per game last year and 176 rushing yards per yeah. game. 176 rushing yards per game. Like dude, they had like eight games in a row where they
1: had like a 100-yard rusher or something like that.
2: Yeah, I think it was like,
1: It was ridiculous after spending after using two off seasons worth of first round picks on five techs from the same school who had played under Jerry Azanero, who was their defensive line coach. So it's not like – I mean, those guys should have been plug and play. And I, you know what? I, I graded those guys, and it's not totally fair to put it on them. Like DeForest Buckner very much had a very good rookie year. Um, yeah, Eric yeah, Armstead was a bit up and down. If you watch Eric Armstead against the St. Louis Rams, you're like, this dude's going to be an all-pro player. In but then he vanishes and hurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's who it was. It was the Bills. It was the other gap scheme. Yeah, 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 it was against the Bills where he's just destroying like folds and stuff like that. And it's just everywhere. Um, but like we said before, I mean, like that defense just isn't going to work out together. I mean, if Cleveland does go go quarterback one, right, whoever it is, I don't, I don't really care about debating these quarterbacks for the next two months. So
2: no.
1: uh, Kaiser, Kaiser QB one, as far as I'm concerned, your team Watson. Yeah. Um, but if they do go quarterback number one, I mean, Miles Garrett, slam dunk line his ass up like you can't like aaron lynch straight up disappeared after uh suspension last year and it's not like i mean aaron lynch went in the fifth round for a reason right mm-hmm. and it wasn't because of his talent coming out of south florida like that dude was a freshman all-american at, at uh notre yeah, dame man. and you could go back and read and people were t- comparing him to j.j watt as a freshman um which i mean i guess that doesn't matter much because i mean we call everyone everybody j.j watt now
2: yeah. yeah
1: not us not us y'all y'all
2: y'all call y'all call everybody j.j watt
1: um but if they want a JJ Watt type, I mean they could draft uh Jonathan Allen. <laughs> Quicker and Dominican Sue. Quicker and Dominican Sue. All of that. Yeah, He's somewhere th- between Brandon Graham and uh, what was the other one? It was McCoy, right? Yeah. That, that was the that was the Shasta Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah, future future uh, guest on the show at some point. Um he he had the five scouts thing, and he was like, yeah. I mean, he's somewhere between, like, McCoy and Brandon Graham. I'm like, that's like a 60-pound difference. I don't yeah, think yeah. – like, these NFL scouts can't even figure out what the hell Jonathan Allen is.
2: There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that comparison. Um, so let's say that you're the 49ers, and Cleveland takes Miles Garrett, but you don't like any of the quarterbacks. Who would you take at two if you don't trade now?
1: Oh. It's a
2: hard question.
1: And you don't like the quarterbacks? Because yeah. I'd take this one.
2: Right. You can't take the quarterback.
1: Okay. Let me think. Um, I'd just take a pass rusher, dude. Do. I don't care. Would you take – I'd take Tim. Tim? Let's do it. Let's do it. We just put Tim Williams and uh, Aaron Lynch next to each other and just like what's the worst that could have? Actually, I'd, lie, I'd probably take LaShawn Lattimore or Marshawn Lattimore.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, that makes I'd sense. I'd take
1: Lattimore because I don't have to worry about it. Like you could probably – this is a dumb thing where people are like, you can't pass on – uh edge rushers because it's so deep and blah 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 all that stuff right we're like if you you just take what you need you don't see like san francisco there's gonna be some dude at like 36 or wherever they're picking in the second round that they could pick you know as yeah. an edge rusher i mean tim mm-hmm. williams might be there second round you know malik mcdowell might be there in the second round um any of those guys carl lawson uh maybe even uh who's the kid out of missouri i forget his name right charles harris Charles Harris, our boy, Charles Harris, young yeah. Everson Griffin. Um, he might be, be there in the second round. So if you're looking at like, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, legitimate shutdown corner, I think. So and no, I'm no. not sure there's another one of those in the draft. So just go get that guy figured out. And now you have a star. Hey, congrats. You have a defensive star. You didn't have one of those before.
2: Yeah, I, I finally got around to watching some Marshawn Lattimore. And he's he's a real deal. Like he's, he's legit, huh? He's legit. He's He's really good.
1: His floor is, against, is Tennessee or the Jets. He's going in the top six
2: picks. Period. There's oh, no yeah. way. Around. Yeah, he's going to blow up the combine, isn't he?
1: He's going to go crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm team. I'm team. Don't like defensive backs. Right. Like I don't really like defensive backs. I'm like, yo, send four pass rushers. I'll get you the pass rushers, and then like drop seven into coverage because I don't trust these defensive backs. Right. Right. Um, Marshawn Lattimore, like that's a legitimate game changer. Where you're like. Okay, now we can play man. Now we can – like all those things that the Jets want to do, right, are things that you can only do if you have a cornerback who has the athletic profile of a guy like Marshawn Lattimore.
2: Yep. And, uh, you know, kind of switching gears or – not switching gears, but staying on topic, what are some other guys that you think are going to show out or disappoint during the combine next week?
1: Um, I think Derek Barnett is probably going to be an eye-opener, right, the the guy from Tennessee. Um. Because I mean, people were having debates about Derek Barnett or Miles Garrett. You know what I mean? Like there was like back and forth. I mean, I think those two guys are the most productive players in uh, college football history uh, in terms of sack numbers in three years in three in a three year career, right? Yeah. Like I think uh, I think Barnett's number one and Garrett's number two, which is funny when people this week are like Miles Garrett. He only had like eight sacks or something in the SEC this year, so. Had, How good is he really? And I'm yeah, like yo, like, what? Come on. <laughs> He's the second most productive player at his age in the history of the sport. We can we can move this on. You know, it's like like we didn't see this Jadevion Clowney thing already play out. Or like, Joey alright? Bosa. Joey Bosa or like even if you want to get deeper in the draft, like Chris Jones last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm I'm over this. Uh our friend uh friend of the podcast, Josh Norris. Uh, was talking about this on Twitter before, too, and I was like, man, it's always defensive linemen who get hit with the effort thing, and people don't realize, like, these are, like, 290-pounders who are going against each other. And, like, in the NFL, you rotate a whole lot more than you You do do in college college. because in college, you got one pass rusher if you're lucky. In the NFL, you need, like, three or four. So, yeah.
2: So, like, I remember uh, when uh, Kawan Short was playing at Purdue, he got hit with that right. tag. I'm like, D- dude, he's 300 pounds playing, like, 90% He's snaps. playing
1: every single snap. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: You're, you're, you're not going to get 100% every play. It's just not, it's not physically possible. So, I, I think, like, when we look at, Man- like, Malik McDowell getting hit with that tag, you know. Is he what Kuyper said? What did Kuyper say?
1: Kuyper had a piece. Uh, he was interviewed on MMQB. Uh, Peter King's site. Shout to Peter King, who had Tom Brady on for a two-hour podcast last week, and we have a higher rating and more reviews than him on iTunes. So yeah. we're he we're we're now uh we're now higher on the totem pole than him. I, I we could say that officially.
2: Yeah, officially. We'll uh, say that
1: officially. Uh, critically acclaimed, officially. Um, but uh, so Kuiper had a Q and A thing, and they were talking about uh, you know, who who has like off-field issues that you know like may pop up during this whole process because people talk in Indianapolis, right? Like I remember, uh, even when like the Winston Marcus, Marcus Mariota stuff was going on and it was like a debate and then everyone got into Indianapolis and it was like, no, Tampa's picking them number one. Like, that's just like, the combine is just where rumors spread. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so they, they were listing names and it was like Cam Robinson, uh, Tim Williams who both got arrested at different points, right. With, uh, I think both marijuana and gun charges. Um, then they had, uh, Tez Tabor or Tees Tabor. Tees I don't know Tabor. how you say it. Tees, Tees Tabor. I'm sorry. His name's Jalen. Your mom <laughs> called him Jalen. Um, who refused to take a drug test and got suspended and then also got suspended uh, for punching a teammate, I believe. And then it was like, and Malik McDowell. And like, you look into Malik McDowell stuff and like, there's been chatter, right? Like, we talked about this with Eric Galco. I think Eric Galco broke the news. Yeah, thanks so much. You broke the news on Malik McDowell on our podcast. Our critically acclaimed podcast. Um, but there's nothing like concrete. Like he was never suspended. You know, he was never arrested. Uh, there's never any sort of incident like that. There wasn't – he never went to trial like Dalvin Cook did, right? Right. So it's like his name stood out than the other ones because you couldn't point to anything concrete. But, I mean, he's a former high school All-American who's on a bad team. He's a 20-year-old, freak athlete. Like that That just might happen. Yeah, it might the one happen. thing is he had like seven and a half sacks in like three years of starting, but –
2: yeah, but I think when you watch him, you know, I I think he could be. That's
1: the that's the thing too is like, all right, he's he's pancaking Michigan Center as a as a three hundred seventy pound nose tackle. Like, I don't care how many sacks he has. Yeah. I know he can play.
2: I know he can play. And he, like you said, it, there's I think with McDowell, it's maybe he's maybe he's an asshole, but it, I think it it's a little bit of like the human element there where, all right, you know, I'm a big time twenty year old. I'm about to go to the NFL and make all this cash and. I'm stuck in East Lansing on a team that's like two and eight, three and nine. I, like, yeah, he might dog it a little bit at the end of the season. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> that might happen. That might
1: happen. Yeah, that's why people are like people are mocking him in the second round. And I'm like, hmm, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. I think even in uh, I went through uh, NFL.com's profiles when I was trying to figure out um, if there were any pass rushers that I had missed because I'm not good at watch lists, right? Like, that's not really what I do. Like, you tell me who I need to watch, and I'll watch them. I'm not a guy who's like just watching college games and trying to pick apart, make a make a 2019 watch list right now, right? That's not the type of draft nick I am, I guess. Um, but I was going through Lane Zerline's profiles and stuff, and on his, it was like you know how they have the little scout quotes and stuff like that? Yeah. His was like, Yeah, he might he could be Mario Williams. And I'm like, Mario Williams, Williams. went number one. one. Yeah. Mario Williams went number one. Why is this guy being mocked in the second round when he hasn't like gotten into legitimate trouble?
2: Yeah, I mean, they, like, Galco touched on it a little bit in uh, on the podcast, and obviously, like, I don't have any connects in the Michigan State football program, but if 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 they the rumors are seeking out that... This is the same Michigan State team that kind of sold out Connor Cook, too. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. But, I mean, like, when you watch him play, I mean, I think he's one of the, like, top five or ten guys in the draft class. Right. And then you you see him in the second round, so maybe, like maybe the rumors are actually pretty serious because like you said, he hasn't been arrested or anything like that. And you don't have anything where you can point to and say, okay, he got arrested here for doing this. Okay. Second round. But it just kind of seems like people don't like him and I, I don't really know what to do with that.
1: Yeah. I
2: don't know. That's, that's, that's a very weird situation.
1: So I wonder if we get stuff on him coming out of the draft. I think, uh, the drug test, right? Drug test is going to be huge. We didn't have anyone fail last year, at least not publicly. I mean, no one's failed since Randy Gregory.
2: Yeah. So that know.
1: was, that was kind of weird. Uh, Carl Lawson, I think he's going to have a big day because I don't think – there are times where he looks crazy athletic and there are times where he just looks completely washed. And it's like, man, I don't know what I'm going to get for you.
2: Yeah, the, the more I watched of Lawson, uh, the less I liked him. I mean, I mean, I, I That's the school. same way I was. Yeah. yeah. Because like he he has that play versus Tunsil where he grabs Tunsil's hands and on, on his way yep. to a pressure and then it's, it's just like so hot and cold from there on like like you said I I don't I wouldn't be surprised if he runs like a four six or a four eight on the at the combine yeah I'm that's why I
1: kind of have him in that like weird range for mine where it's like he's kind, he's like right above Derek Barnett but he's behind like Charles Harris and like all these guys that are kind of. They're getting a little underlooked right now. I'd probably say a little underlooked. Like, people have them in the second round, but these guys are guys that I think should probably be in the first round. And then it's like after that, it's like Carl Lawson. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm too high on him or too low on him or, like, what the hell's going on. I don't think – as far as I'm concerned for, like, my board, that legitimately doesn't matter, right? Right, right. Um, Like, I I don't know if I'm, like, too high or too low on him. Like, this coming week is going to be probably the biggest week for him you know, relative to any of the other pass
2: rushers all right so you got let, let's go let's name three guys that we think are going to impress at the combine three guys we think are going to disappoint let's start off with the disappoint
1: okay uh i already said Dark barnett
2: right? right yep
1: uh i'm gonna say taver
2: what, what what where do you think he's gonna fail I don't think he's as as
1: athletic as people say. But I'm also the person who was like, Are we sure Jalen Ramsey's fast last year? So yeah, I might he did have that take. I might be the worst uh defensive back evaluator of all time. Like that that's a very strong possibility. Um let me think. I think relative to OJ Howard, in JUCO, is that how you say his name? Yeah. The tight end from Miami who isn't on this podcast, so we're red flagging him for character issues. Not yet. Uh, in- not in- yet. In- oh, never mind. Never mind. Uh, I think relative to OJ Howard, uh, he's not going to do well because I think OJ Howard's a better athlete. I don't care what anyone says.
2: I, I like. I think Njoku's gonna going to shine at the combine. Like I don't like. Howard has very good body control, and
1: Joko does the stuff where he like leaps over guys when they're diving at his ankles and things like that, and that's a cool highlight. But I think like OJ Howard, like he might be a top ten prospect for me, man. Like I really like him.
2: Yeah, you're stupid though, so it's, it's... that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he levels people, and he's a legitimate pass catching threat. Like, no, I, he, see, I know he's a blocker, but like, I I don't think he's that great of receiver. I think he like I don't know because um, I was talking to I was talking with. Waldman about this and like yeah he can run and obviously he's a freak athlete but like what makes him a better receiver than like Austin Hooper was coming out of Stanford because he doesn't get open he doesn't have like a good feel of you know coming back for coming back to his quarterback for hot reads and stuff like that but yeah when he catches a screen pass or gets open on a play action play that's that's nice and he can run but I just I don't really see it with him
1: I don't know, man. I think he's—I think he's a threat in both sides of offensive football, and that's—that's that's a freak athlete to me. Like I don't like—I don't know. I'm gonna get myself in trouble if I talk about this, but like I—I I think if like Howard walks into the NFL, he's a top ten tight end. Like the moment he steps on the field.
2: All right. Yeah. You are gonna get yourself in trouble there. So I mean, he's better than Ruben Foster. Let's let that silence sit there for a second.
1: Sit there. And Mike Williams.
2: Okay. Uh <laughs> I, I okay, so I, I think three guys are going to impress at the combine. I like Lee McDowell, obviously. Um God love him. Uh I'm really interested in Charles Harris's combine because I think his ten is gonna be great. I, I could see him running a nice little three cone too. Yeah, he he bends. Like it's not pretty, but like he he,
1: he efficiently bends. Like he his explosion and bend is better than Derek Barnett's and Hmm, how how should we frame this? So Harris is an exploding guy who isn't great at bending. And Derek Barnett is a guy who's not great at exploding, but he's good at bending. But putting them together, Charles Harris is better than Derek Barnett.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I would definitely take Charles Harris. I, I think you know, I think after the combine we're gonna see like some overcorrection, and I think Charles Harris and Malik McDowell are gonna be two guys that get a lot of hype. And uh the third one, we talked about Marshawn Lattimore a bit. But I'm really interested to see how Buda Baker runs at the combine. Because, I mean, on the tape, he's not the biggest guy, obviously, but he flashes like some crazy closing speed and range. So I'm, I'm really interested yeah. to see what he runs like what the shuttle times are.
1: Shasta Buda Baker, who is committed to the University of Oregon, and they told him, we don't want you to play defense. We want you to play offense. We don't have any need for you on defense. And then he switched to Seattle, or he switched to University of Washington. Um, this is the same Oregon that hasn't had a – defensive back in four years so
2: yay yeah Yeah, he's 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 spectacular and I I, earned Mark Helfrich at the stake have you watched Buda Baker yet or is he too
1: short for you I have I have he is too short for me he's like all those all I mean
2: Seattle took
1: Earl Thomas right was that before Pete and uh
2: Uh, uh that might have been the year I think that was the year Pete got there
1: 2012 no that wasn't 2012 that must have been like 2011 2010 must have been something wrong. It was before 2012 because 2012 was Bruce Irvin. Um, yeah, the, the whole like Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson, Al Davis tree doesn't really like small defensive backs. But
2: I, I see it with Buda Baker now.
1: Like I see it and I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Like I understand why everyone likes him. Um, he's better than Jabril Peppers. Oh, awesome.
2: you no, know, because Earl, Earl Thomas was uh, Pete's first draft pick because remember the stuff where uh, Pete told Taylor Mays he was going to pick him in the first round or something like that. And then, oh, really? Uh, Yeah, I remember remember reading that back in the day that Pete had made a promise to Taylor Mays that he was going to draft him uh, high in the draft. And then he saw Earl Thomas sitting on the board at 14 and was like, yeah, I'd rather have Earl Thomas
1: (laughs) Give me the midget instead of the dude who's built like a linebacker. Right. (laughs) Have fun. Yeah, I mean, he made the right decision. He did. Uh, Budabaker's very good.
2: Um, Budabaker versus Jamal Adams. What do you think? Yeah, because you know PFF, Josh, uh, Josh Liskowitz he had a take the other day that uh, Jamal Adams was the best safety and cornerback prospect in the draft. I don't. Yeah, know I don't that. know about that. But, yeah.
1: Do you even trust Jamal Adams as a single high guy? No, not really. So you have to have him in the box. Like if you have two high, you could probably live with him. But yeah, I think there's a there's a legitimate tier between uh, Malik Hooker and Jamal Adams. Like yeah. there might be ten picks in my draft board in between those two.
2: I see. When I think of Jamal Adams, I think he's kind of like a more fluid version of Keanu Neal. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: where Keanu Neal get drafted 16 or something. 17th. Yeah. 17. Like Eric Berry was drafted like fifth or sixth and in a redraft in his class. And like, if you're like Jamal Adams is going to be Eric Berry, right. That's considered a win for that. Like, there's not really, there aren't too many safeties who are better in that role than Eric Berry has since Eric Berry was drafted, right? Right. Eric Berry was picked fifth or sixth in a redraft. He's not going that high. So I don't understand people who are like, Jamal Adams going to four, and that's an amazing steal for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm like, how? Because no strong safety's ever been worth that.
2: Right, exactly. And I, I think, I mean, the Chiefs were still bad after they got Berry for like two years until uh, Andy Reid got there, I think.
1: Yeah. He's a strong safety, man.
2: Yeah, there's I mean
1: there's You gotta think of strong safeties are like will linebackers. Like will linebackers aren't going that
2: high. Why should a strong safety go that high? I mean there isn't really a real reason. So like I, I I'm I am fascinated by what the top ten of this draft is going to look like. Because would you be surprised if no quarterbacks ended up going in the top ten? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like I said, man, people have like four quarterbacks going in the first round. I'm like, huh okay we'll see yeah we'll see about that yeah it just you know because the team team needs like i don't really feel like they match up with the type of prospects that are at the top of the draft so it'll be really interesting to see how it all plays out and you know what about Plus, you don't have weeks?
1: you don't have to have
2: yeah something like that. yeah eight weeks eight weeks
1: but the thing is too like you don't have to have panic Right, where people talk about like the 2011 class, and it was like that's when things turned around, and all these teams traded up for quarterbacks. And the reason for that was because there was a holdout, right, or there was a lockout, and like teams had no opportunity to do anything promised other than draft a quarterback. So they're like, okay, well, we'll trade up for Christian Ponder, you know, we'll do things yeah, like that. Yeah. But we've we've based we've based our our quarterback market like draft Twitter is based their quarterback market around that draft. As opposed to, like, reality. And the reality is, like, yo, okay, so Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the trade block until draft day. You know what I mean? It's not like – Jimmy Garoppolo, it's not like draft – like, trade rumors are going to stop in April or they're going to stop after free agency. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's still going to be on the Patriots roster. They're still going to be able to dangle that around draft day. Um, So if teams don't want to talk themselves into trading up in the first round for, you know – for a Mitch Trubisky or a Deshaun Watson or a Deshaun Kaiser, right? Or Patrick Mahomes, whoever. Um, they're going to have options of, like, being able to get him. I mean, Tyrod Taylor may hit the open market. Uh, Jay Cutler might get traded or hit the open market. Tony Romo might hit the open market. Like, we haven't seen this many names uh, get floated around any like in any sort of recent time.
2: Yeah, you're right. All right. Well, we're at thirty minutes, so let's kick it to this interview with uh, (laughs) with Miko Grimes. Miko Grimes, the goddess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You can find you can find her on Twitter at iheartmiko, and we're gonna kick it to her right now. Yeah, she's uh,
2: quite the character. We'll be right back.
3: on twitter at iheartmiko right miko
0: yes m-i-k-o spell it
3: (laughs) yeah go ahead and say what's up to the people and uh plug your podcast and all that we've we've invited people on before and forgot to plug their their uh their content hashtag content so uh, let's get that out of the way
0: yes iheartmiko on instagram twitter and most importantly snapchat that's where i do most of my my fun stuff, but I also have a podcast that's on iTunes and also on Audio Boom and will soon be on iHeartRadio and it's called the iHeartMiko podcast. And all you gotta do is search iHeartMiko in the in the search bar on any of those and you should be able to find it.
2: Yeah, I'm actually a, a graduate of the iHeartMiko podcast. I went on there and before the season I said the Jaguars were gonna win like nine or ten games, so That was that was uh, nice, Chuck. Nice. Not a great prediction on my part, but
0: we all make mistakes. You know, we all see things that you know you you know could have went either way. So it's all good. That's the fun part about talking about sports. You don't have to always be right.
2: And we're wrong a lot. We are wrong (laughs) (laughs) a lot. Uh, (laughs) So we have a few questions that we uh, got from Twitter, and you know they're pretty wide ranging from football to <laughs> not so football so you ready for the first I'm one I'm with
0: it yeah i'm i'm ready for everything let's go
2: okay for first one from our good pal christian at football rave how much did the sex cake cost
0: uh, i get a sex cake every year so um they're generally the the most expensive i think was $200
2: that's it really
0: yeah See, I, mean, that's I have a, bank a connection free book right yeah there. Yeah, these cakes aren't normal. These bakers don't make these, so they do little favors for me randomly throughout the year, and um, it's just the favor, you know. So, two hundred dollars is usually what I what I uh, get charged to make one of those cool sex cakes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is it? Was so, it- how do you get all these baker? All these bakers are, are your like friends, but like the media, you and the media don't get along too much. How's that happen?
0: You said all these bakers are my friends.
3: Yeah, you said they're doing you favors.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of friends. The media doesn't like me because I don't play by their rules. You know, they want a wife that allows them to trash, you know, their people's husbands. And you have to sit back quietly. And even if they're lying or even if it's uh, half-truths or, you know, they haven't done their research, most wives just allow them to say they're... they're, Am I allowed to cuss on here? I forgot to ask that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can do what you want. You're Miko Grimes.
0: Yeah, they're allowed... they allow these these media guys to say they're bullshit, and I call them on it, you know, so they don't like me, but believe it or not, I have lots of friends. People actually do a lot of things for me for free, believe it or not, because they not, even if they don't even know me, they just like me, you know, so I have a lot, way more people like me than don't like me. That's why my life is so awesome.
2: Now, I, so you kind of talked about how the media wants a football wife to be, you know, quote-unquote one way, like, you know, quiet or something, so how did you feel about what Jameis Winston said the other day to the the group of kids.
0: Well, what I think happened is Jameis. First of all, let me just say this, and this isn't something I'm saying because he's our quarterback. I've actually been a fan of Jameis since he was in college, and I just gravitated towards him just because he just he seems he appears very real in in on TV, and and after meeting him, I know he's real in real life. And Jameis is a very very nice guy. Like he would never ever ever intentionally harm or mislead or or hurt or disrespect any children, let alone females. Like, he's just not that kind of guy. Jameis um, c- catches a bad rap, first of all, because he's black, and he's playing a position that most of the NFL doesn't like black players to have, which is the quarterback, because that's pretty much the brain of the entire team. I don't care who your coach is, who your GM owner, your quarterback is running your team because he has the ball in his hands. So a lot of people don't like that. And he went to FSU. So I know there's a lot of rivalry with college sports and people just hating on him. So when he went to college and was accused of, of rape, um, a lot of people just instantly, uh, you know, basically said he, he was guilty. And that's fine. If you want to think that that because he's a quarterback and he gets privilege and he probably did take some pussy or whatever, that, that's fine. Every We all have our, our own opinions on things. But when you, when you allow the, the system to take place and there was no charges, obviously this country's quite racist. And so if there was a way for them to charge Jameis, trust me, they would have. They would have loved to crucify that black man and not have him win those Heismans and be drafted in the first round and, and go on and make millions of dollars. So Jameis was obviously innocent and the world won't let it go. You know, he, he they said he stole crab legs. First of all, what what, what I went to a Division II college, and I got free food from everywhere, so <laughs> I already know that was a bullshit story. He, You know, they give him food. They give a lot of the players a whole bunch of stuff. That's just how it happens. And when you get caught in the whole, it was a sting operation, basically. You get caught, you got to take the L. Right. You got to just take it. He took the L. You know, he wasn't stealing. Come on. They were giving him this stuff. He, The, the situation with the players getting free stuff got blown up. He took the L like a man and moved on from it. Here we are now. He's on his off day on a Wednesday where get out, Aiden, right now for you to be coughing while I'm doing the podcast. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> on, a, on a day off. So he took he took time off from his day to go speak to some kids. Did he misspeak? Absolutely. Does the world misspeak? Absolutely. Think about it like this. When I walk out of the door, if my husband doesn't open the door for me, I look at him like he lost his fucking mind. Okay. <laughs> if it, if there's a puddle, if there's rain, and, and we only have and, and we don't have an umbrella, Brent needs to take his fucking jacket off because I'm a lady. Okay. <laughs> when it's time to eat, my son walks in the house and asks me what's for dinner, not my husband. These are all gender roles that we all play a part of in life. It's just how it is. Think about it. If you grab 10 kids from any classroom around the country, 10 of them, I guarantee you the female students are going to be the quiet, the passive, the chill ones in the corner, not saying much. And the boys are going to be the ones jumping around, screaming, yelling, bouncing off the walls. That's just how America is in in most countries, I'm sure. Girls are usually passive. Boys are usually loud. All he was doing was repeating something that he has seen with his own eyes. And something he was probably taught as well. Now, now that Jameis is a big time famous football player that can't do anything wrong, every single word that he says is scrutinized and it's, and it's held under a microscope. I think it's unfair. What he did do was immediately when he realized he made a mistake, he apologized. That was the thing right there. Once he apologized, I was done with it. He apologized. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to gender, I didn't mean to do it. I don't I don't want And then another thing, people were saying, Jameis Winston told a classroom full of girls that they are supposed to be A, B, C, A, X, Y, Z. Jameis did not address a single female in that video I saw. He was talking to boys. Yes, women, little girls were in there listening. He didn't say, boys, everyone stand up. You guys are supposed to be strong. You guys are supposed to be this, this, this. Okay, sit down. Now, girls, you guys stand up. You're supposed to be quiet. You're supposed to be shy. You're not supposed to speak. He didn't do that. And that's what people are trying to make it as if that's what he did. He did not. He simply was telling little boys what most little boys are. And it, did he lie? Is there a lie in there? Not, are most boys loud and strong and crazy and most girls shy and passive and timid and in the corner? Is that not true?
2: Yeah. You know, I think Bomani Jones was talking about it the other day. And he said that he think people got so worked up with it because, <clears throat> because of the, uh, the messenger, not, not really the yeah. message itself.
0: Yeah, because it's honestly, think about it. I have a son. I don't have a daughter. When my son falls, I'm like, get up, Aiden. Shake it off. Tighten up. If I had a daughter, which I don't have, but I imagine if she fell, I would run over to her and kiss it and rub it and brush it off and and blow bubbles on it. And, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? That's what we do. We treat girls like girls because they're girls. And we treat boys like boys because they're boys. If we're going to end it all, then fucking end all of it. Give women the same amount of fucking money you give men for the same job then. How about let's start there? How about we don't tell women that they can't have a fucking abortion? How about we start there?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we have a—obviously, we're we're all—I mean, I'm black. Justice is uh, Hispanic. So we get that you know, it, it's, it's hard out here for minorities and women and people of color. So we've, we've got a long, sticking, on, to the, sticking on the subject
3: though, sticking on the subject where you were talking about, you were talking about the messenger
2: and the messenger being
3: Jameis Winston, right. And how right. you ride with him. You're, I mean, basically you, I mean, you said that he's a good leader for the team, right. I mean, that's yeah. basically the, so I guess my question is uh, Charles and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Cause I mean, if you look at this, a uh, football podcast loosely based around football. There's a podcast loosely based around football, right? And we're looking at mock drafts, right? In mock drafts right now, there's, there's four quarterbacks who potentially could go in the first round. Um, three of them are black, right? And if you look historically uh-huh. at the NFL draft, there's been one draft where you've had more than one African-American quarterback drafted in the first round. And right, the way that it's looking right now, right, you might be able to point to 2017 and in a Panthers against Buccaneers game. You could say every first-round black starting quarterback in the league is playing in this game right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess – and, like, some of the bias comes down to – we had this conversation, too, where teams – it seems, at least from the outside, that teams either adapt to the personality of their head coach or their quarterback, depending on which is the stronger, Mm -hmm. I guess, personality, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Right. And when we the only times that we've really seen – I mean, Tom Brady, you see him – yell at his teammates you know get vocal on the sideline right Aaron Rodgers is the same thing the only time that it's ever seems to be an issue is when it's Vince Young or it's Robert Griffin where head coaches and quarterbacks you know butt heads Mm -hmm. and it just seems like every time even with the Ron Rivera benching Cam Newton situation right it almost always seems like it's a black quarterback and I guess my question is just from you being around the team why do you think why do you think it's working for Jameis Winston Like, we haven't seen any major issue with him in the NFL right now.
0: I think that it's working for Jameis because the coaching staff is allowing him to be the man. They aren't trying to to be the guy. You know, a lot of times when you have a black quarterback, they don't want that quarterback to be the leader of the team. They pretty much will say, okay, you're the quarterback, but the head coach is going to be the guy that, you know, everybody kind of looks up to. And it seems to be in Tampa that Jameis has a very strong personality. They're very, very vocal. Like whether he's playing good or bad, Jameis is going to have some fucking shit to say, and I love it. And the coaches allow it. He's only two years into the league, and they allow him to be himself. They allow him to make his mistakes. They call him on his shit when he's wrong. They, they, you know, they, they let him be whatever it is that he's going to be, and they're allowing the team to follow him. Sometimes when you can tell that your front office or your coaches don't really want your quarterback to be the guy, that right there, you don't have to say anything. It's just the way you run shit. It's the way things are done. Whenever that guy starts to talk, he gets cut off or someone's trying to take the mic from him or you know, not allow him to be the leader. The Bucks allow Jameis to be the leader. They, they know that they're only going to go as far as he goes. They figure that out. And so Jameis has got to basically be the man. And he's being the man like that's it. He's he's literally being the man. And he's so young. And I think it's very, very encouraging for hopefully the future of the NFL to see a guy who's been through so much already. He's been through so much and he's still able to buckle down and, and, and get the control of 53 guys every Sunday and go out there and perform.
2: Yeah, and I think that was like one of his huge selling points come out of college too, because everybody at Florida State just seemed to, to love him. You always saw the videos of him getting halftime speech, speeches and getting the team fired up. So, I think it's I think it's translated over to the NFL so far.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. These uh, coaches
0: have got to just let these coaches have got to just. Sometimes you just gotta. It, it, the problem is everybody doesn't want to win. You think they want to win, but everybody wants to be right that's more important than winning in the NFL and that's the problem everybody wants to be right and everybody doesn't want to win
2: yeah all right next question from uh Ryan Kieran were you happy when the Falcons blew it in the Super Bowl
0: hell no why would i be happy about that i i i had the falcons winning the game by I, I picked the falcons to win same I, <laughs> I did not think it was going to I didn't, I wasn't sure if it was going to happen but I did pick them to win. And in the sick, the sickest part about it, I had a Super Bowl party and everybody was kind of like, you know, turning turning away from the game when it was 28 to 3 and I was like, "Listen, you guys. I know I picked the Falcons to win, but this game is not over. We're talking about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, like the best uh the best uh second-half duo that ever play football. They always have an adjustment at halftime, and I'm anticipating she thought they were going to win. So, uh, no, not happy at all. That was a kind of stupid question, but
2: whatever. Yeah, it was a stupid question. <laughs> I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a Falcons fan, so that was a horrible question, Ryan. Shouldn't even pick I'm
0: still a Falcon fan. Jesus. Why do people not know that? They I think because I talk shit about some fans that I'm not a Falcon. I'm a Falcon fan still. I still support – So many guys on that team that are like my family and my friends. Like, man, I I love those guys.
2: Yeah,
3: we're gonna put you. We're gonna put you on the spot. Then you. You got to rank Atlanta, Miami, and Tampa as far as cities. Which Which one would you rather live in? One, two, three. Oh,
0: Miami, hands down, Miami. (laughs) And and second would be Atlanta, and then Tampa would be third.
2: Why Miami over Atlanta?
0: Um, there's too many black people in Atlanta. It's no shade. I, mean, I, I know I'm black and everything, but it's just too many black people. I'm from L.A. I'm used to diversity. Um, I'm used to a beach. Um, that's just what it is, the beach and the diversity. I like different cultures, different races. The city, the direct city of Atlanta is just nothing but black people. Every fucking where.
2: It's beautiful. It's a little
0: bit annoying to me.
2: Oh, that's my favorite part of Atlanta.
0: See, you love it. I, I, don't, I don't. It's cool to visit sometimes, but I can't. I like. I like white people. I like Asian people. Hispanic people. I like. I like to mix it all the way up. I just like to see everybody.
2: Uh so, so what did you think of? What did you and Brent think of Matt Ryan? That's another question from uh, at Dying Lobster. Do you guys like oh, I Matt? I can't
0: really. I don't really speak for Brent. Like, like I tell people all the time, I don't. I don't like to speak for him. He can speak for himself, but. Uh, Matt Ryan is a dear friend of both of ours, him and his wife, Sarah. Sarah Ryan, if you guys ever get an opportunity to have her on in her organic form, meaning the real bitch that she is, she would be a great interview. The problem is Sarah is a quarterback's wife, so she can't say shit that she really wants to say all the time. She has to stay in that hole, that and I respect her for being able to do it because that's a tough position to be in. Especially for a woman like her, who's very strong, who has is opinionated, who knows about football, she knows a lot. So, but um, but they're they're both good friends of ours. I've always had a lot of respect for Ryan, as far as play, as far as talent, as far as like, you could just I watched him from his rookie year all the way up. Just watch him continue to grow every year. You know, I I was laughing with her before this season started when people were asking for him to be benched for job and all this stuff. I texted her, like, <laughs> girl, look at this bullshit right here. I said, people really don't have a fucking clue what it takes to be a quarterback. You know, he's had three or four different offenses. It takes time to learn that shit. You know what I'm saying? The, the plays are the same, but the words are different, and it's just a lot. And I think that he handled it quite well, and he came came through, only took him a year, and he did a great job. Like, he's still one of the best. He's not elite. I wouldn't consider Matt Ryan elite meaning the top five in the nfl but there is a there is a a section right below there where there's 10 quarterbacks in there and he's absolutely in there like no question like not even a question the only thing that matt ryan doesn't have to me is athleticism he needs a little more athleticism a little more ability to run if he had that 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 would that would send him over the edge so so easily and i don't know if that's something that can be taught i think it's just something you have to have in you so i'm not really sure if he has that but he certainly obviously has enough to get to the super bowl every year
2: yeah he's not michael vick right (laughs) uh all right a bit of a weird question from uh jack underscore jacks would you rather sweat mayonnaise or be sexually attracted to furniture
0: wait say it again
2: would you rather sweat mayonnaise or be sexually attracted to furniture
0: what
2: yeah i think
0: what the fuck is wrong with y'all with these damn questions (laughs) (laughs) it's
2: it's not us it's it's not us how can
0: you be sexually attracted to furniture
2: it's 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 twitter man anything can happen
0: i guess you could sweat mayonnaise because i mean you sweat whatever you put inside of your body so i guess i would rather sweat mayonnaise yeah i've never seen any furniture that i wanted to nail
2: I don't know. Some, some, <laughs> you know, some of like these wood wooden desks are kind of nice looking. Charles <laughs> is so how guys, we get it. It's Charles's problem like, that we ain't get these
0: questions. There might be a hole. in one of these pieces of furniture, and you guys might like that.
2: But
0: <laughs> a woman, uh, that's you what guys. I think <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, uh, one more question from Ballin like it's O two at Titril ninety four. If Brent didn't play cornerback, what other position do you think would fit him well?
0: Oh, absolutely, a slot receiver. That's really what he wants to play. I actually talked to Mike Smith about that. Um, The last game of the season, we were um, in the parking lot hanging out after the game, and um, I mentioned it to him. I said, hey, you know, um, you've had Brent all these years. You know, people don't realize when Brent was in Atlanta on the practice squad, he was actually a receiver. So he played receiver in practice and cooked the shit out of the DBs. D'Angelo Hall, uh, Chris Houston, all all those those corners that were playing in in Atlanta from 2007 to 2009, Brent was cooking the asses in practice at receiver. So um, so I asked Mike Smith if you know um, next year 2017 would he give Brent an opportunity to play a little bit of receiver. And he said that he actually did think about it this year a couple of times, but you know, it's it's not his call. He's not the head coach, right? But he did say he would um, that he thought about it, and if there was any situations where they could, he would actually consider it. So I wouldn't mind seeing Brent at um, at a receiver, um, either outside or a slot. It would be really fun for people to actually see him go get balls that are actually thrown to him. Could you imagine
2: that? I cannot imagine that.
0: Could, could you Could you imagine someone throwing a ball high as shit? Two Brent Grimes as opposed to him going <laughs> knocking them all down all the time.
2: Or <laughs> even picking them off because he had a he had a great season right. last year.
0: Yeah, who's gonna go up and get him with him? Like he goes and gets balls that aren't meant for him all the time and just bats them down or picks them off. But if somebody actually threw it to him and they had like a plan, like a route that he was running and the quarterback knew exactly where he was going, that would be fucking epic.
3: Yeah. Would. See, I'm saying I'm saying Brent Brent Easy could go for two hundred against the Packers secondary
0: no kind doubt in my mind yeah well it sounds good until you realize belichick would never let that happen but <laughs> he probably fucking sent somebody in there <laughs> just to kick his ass. <laughs> you, know,
2: I, you know i think the worst part about that super bowl was like it, it felt like uh like the country versus donald trump almost because every everyone was rooting for atlanta to win except for patriots fans and, you know, you just kind of saw the way that, you know, Trump had been talking about John Lewis and uh, like, you know, just, kind of mm. just I think it might be looking into it a little bit too much, but like you could definitely feel like a little bit of racial rhetoric in that game.
0: Yeah, I, I saw a lot of that on Twitter. People were, were saying it was Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. And and typically in in, in perfect fashion, Black Lives Matter lost. <laughs> like yeah. they do, like they fucking do every day. Every day, but um, it was funny. I thought it was funny. I, I honestly, and truly think the better team won. Yeah, I really do. And I, I don't. It's no shade against the Falcons. I, they belong there. They, they. I, I, I truly feel they were outcoached at the end of the day
2: <sighs> Yeah, it happens. All right, Justice, you got any questions but, before uh, we let Miko go? Ah, uh, we do get one more. Uh, if you got to
3: tell one person in the media, like, you just get to kick them out automatically. Who would you kick out?
0: If I could kick one person out of the media?
2: Yeah, sports Yeah, media. just oh. like, tell them bye. You got to leave.
0: Adam Schefter, <laughs> hands down. I had a, whoa, Adam? Whoa, why Schefter. Adam? He, he, he knows nothing. He absolutely knows nothing. Adam Schefter got his job being a bitch, being a snitch, telling telling gossip, you know, all this stuff, and somehow people start to feed him information about contracts and all these things. He can't, now he's an NBA sideline reporter. I mean, come the fuck on. Do you know how many people have been waiting in line for a job as an NBA sideline reporter and they just threw Adam Schefter right on in there? Like, like white privilege, man. That shit is incredible. There's so many black people so many black ex-athletes that actually played the game, that actually know good questions to ask on the sideline, that could do that job. And they just keep giving this dipshit fucking jobs. I wanted to do a celebrity boxing match against him, too, but he blocked me on, on Twitter when I kept having people tweet him and ask him to accept my challenge. The <laughs> pussy. So,
3: should, we, should, we, should we have our podcast viewers tweet at Adam Schefter to get you unblocked?
0: No, I don't want to be unblocked by that bitch-ass nigga. <laughs> I don't really care. I didn't even know I was blocked until somebody started. Until he said something about me on Twitter, and people were tweeting me with it, and I couldn't see it. Like I didn't even know. I don't. I'm. You know, I used to follow him at first, just to troll him, and then it got boring, so I unfollowed him. And then I don't know what happened, but he blocked me, and I found out because people were sending me tweets. I don't. He can block me all he wants. But next time I see his ass, trust me, I'ma say something to him. Though.
3: All right. All right, so who 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 do you all have blocked, or who who's all got you blocked? Like Schefter, is Glazer Glazer Rappaport any of these guys, or is it just Schefter? No,
0: no, none of those. Just just Schefter. Uh, Glazer doesn't have me blocked either. I had a couple words with him, and yeah. he's so lucky that I know he will beat my husband's ass too, or so a sick Brent on him. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he says some stupid ass shit, and 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 the funny part is him and my husband are friends, and it's like one thing. If you have an issue with me and you're friends with my husband, like real life friends with my husband, most people will pick up the phone and, and say something to him and talk to him about it. But only a bitch ass nigga would tweet somebody's wife talking shit like that. He is very, very lucky that I'm removed from the streets because I would have some niggas from Englewood beat the shit out of him, too. But I don't do that kind of stuff anymore because I'm a lady now.
2: Go Rams. Go Rams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Um, before we let you go. Can, you wanna... Can you confirm it was
3: Jared Goff? You're going to have Jared Goff fight him. Am I going to who? You're going to have Jared Goff go at him?
0: No, no. I'm embarrassed that he's even my quarterback. I, I really just hope that he just turns into something decent because I don't really see it right now. I'm just hoping yeah. that, that somehow, some way, that they make me proud to be a Rams fan again because last year I was pretty depressed.
2: Oh, all right. So... uh before we let you go, you want to plug your podcast one last time?
0: Yes, the iHeartMiko podcast. I'm actually going to record tonight. I usually air every single Monday. But now that it's NBA season, I'm going to be airing whenever I feel like it. There will for sure be a Monday episode. But now I'm just going to let these shits fly because it's NBA and there's games three or four days a week. There's so much happening. Go on iTunes, iHeartMiko podcast, or go on Boom. I Heart me Go podcast and check me out.
2: Appreciate right. it. If you need somebody, deliver, reviews. If you if you need somebody to deliver extremely uneducated NBA takes or college basketball takes, I'm your man. <laughs> Got
0: it. Good right. to know.
2: All right. All so, right.
0: Thanks, guys.
2: Thanks, and that's going to conclude episode 14 of Setting the Edge. We'll be back next week with our good friend Eric Stoner to talk draft. See you guys then.